This place reminds me of Santa's workshop. Except it smells like mushrooms and everyone looks like they want to hurt me. Ho, 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 Astros fans. And happy holidays from the Believe in Astros podcast. It's time to stuff your stockings with baseball knowledge from sports writer Jeff Bulky. I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. And Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blum. Oh my God! Now, here's Bulky the Elf. Daddy's gonna go Ralph. And Blubber Claws. I know him. <laughs> I know him. Oh. oh. Happy holidays. <laughs> Happy holidays, H-Town and Astros fans everywhere. <laughs> Welcome to a very special holiday edition, also episode 38 of the Believe in Astros podcast on Believe Podcasting Network. Uh, I'm Jeff Balky and my partner ready to make merry, uh, Jeff Blum, joining us from the slopes. Um, you can find yeah, us on Apple, Stitcher, of course, YouTube. Uh, and Spotify. Uh, be sure to like and subscribe to keep up with us and give us a follow on Twitter at Believe in Astros. Uh, find me at, at Jeff Balky and Blummer's at Blummer27. You can find us both kind of anywhere through those ads, Instagram and such. Uh, send us your comments, questions. Love seeing all the comments and read them all. Um, maybe you could send us your favorite holiday movies or TV shows. It is uh, We are in the holiday spirit, as you can tell by my hat. Um, plumber, <laughs> that intro is so ridiculous. I mean, I, when I so make good. myself crack up, uh, so how are you doing this morning? Uh, enjoying a, a early white Christmas for you. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah. Took, take the family on vacation. We are, you know, in Park City, Utah. We are having a blast so far settling in. Yes, the hour early is a, is a little daunting, but it's worth it to be on here and hear that opening. Uh, and woke up today to a little uh, little little dusting is going on this morning, so it's nice. going to be a good day. But this Christmas break is is going to be a lot of fun because we're together as a family and traveling. But who knew? That we were going to travel to a snow resort to be in a warmer spot than Houston. This is insane, dude. I just hope everybody in Houston is prepared, stays safe, and dear God, ERCOT, keep the electricity on for everybody. Please. Uh, tell me about it. I mean, I, we were just talking before this. My <clears throat> last time before the freeze in 2021, my wife and I decided that February was fine to go ahead and redo the, all the landscaping in our yard. So... You can imagine how I think that we're all, a lot out. of us are in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. Let's hope we keep the lights on uh, and the water on for this one. Fortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to be quite as bad as last time. We'll be cold, but yeah. won't last as long. So, you know, fingers crossed. And, and, and this time we won't have any ice so people can still drive if they need to drive. Uh, well, I mean, yes, people thankfully. drove last time. They just don't know how to do it in Houston when there's, Ooh. you know, any kind of precipitation on the road. Um so yeah, uh, it's going to be an interesting weekend with Christmas upon us. Um, speaking of Christmas, if you're feeling in the gambling mood this holiday, maybe get a little oh, yeah. extra spending scratch uh, in your stocking. Um, baseball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all betting needs this, this season. Nice Baseball's segue. back. Yeah. Oh, did I say baseball? You know why? <laughs> yep. Why did I say baseball, Blummer? Because that's all I'm thinking about right now. But it's basketball is back. Right. That's all that's on the brain. Although. You know, the Rockets said they're still going to be flirting with that 23-and-a-half over-under win total. They're only at nine. They're nine and 21 right now. How does Vegas Come know? Come on, boys. How does Vegas know? 
I just I don't know how they do it. Um, you'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest, easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Um, I wonder what the bet was to that uh, Carlos Correa would not sign oh, with, dear with God, the Giants and happened. end up with the Mets. There's going to be anybody... people listening to this podcast who get the news from us because that just that literally happened when we woke up. I know. Insane. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. So, yeah, let's just get right into this right away. <laughs> Overnight last night, Carlos Correa, who had, was agreed to a deal with the Giants for 13 years, $350 million, Apparently something came up on his physical. We don't know what it is. Although I, you know, Astros fans have known that Carlos Correa has some has had some issues. Um, he there was a it put a hold on their contract. I don't, it didn't sound like it completely ended negotiations. It just sounded like there was a, a slight holdup. Probably they wanted to give him fewer years or less money or whatever it was. So he just turned his agent Scott Boris, the devil himself, turned around and. Just called up. Guess who? Steve Cohen Shocking. at the Mets. The the man. He's like the Burgermeister Meister Burger of baseball now. From uh, from the Santa Claus is coming to town. Old school reference there for some of you youngsters. Um, he just turns around and says, "Okay, fine. Here, Carlos. Here's twelve years, three hundred and whatever million dollars. And by the way, you're going to play third base next to Francisco Lindor." A place that Carlos Correa swore he was never going to play. I, you know. I, okay, first let's talk about Correa because we are going to talk about the spending that is Steve Cohen, the the guy oh, who is essentially God. a, you know, I mean, he is the the guy that he's the monopoly guy with the little, you he know, is. With the, Daddy with Warbucks the over there. Exactly. But let's talk about Carlos first. I mean, what the hell happened? <laughs> Blubber? Dude. Any I, any idea? I don't know. And, and a lot of people have been, you know, asking me via social media, you know, what exactly happens when you go in? Obviously, I I, 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 I loved playing baseball. I had a great career. But I did not have these multi-million dollar contracts that are going over <laughs> 10, 15 years. They're like, Blum, That'd how be- did you feel when they offered you $300 million and then they turned it down? Yeah. Well, how about the well? Shoot, that's another whole another podcast. Knowing that you can turn down three hundred plus million and get oh. another three hundred plus million contract million million dollar contract. Right. But that being said, you go into these negotiations, and it's I've I've actually had the, this does happen on contracts, no matter what the size is. You go in, you negotiate. We want you. I want to be there. Let's get a number. Let's get a year. And we, as soon as we agree on that number, all of a sudden we're going to open up the books and see what you see what you've been dealing with because this will be the first contract with with this particular team, whether it be the Giants or the Mets, and they open up the books. There is a, I mean, I know for me seriously, and I, I know it's all changed because we've all gone digital, but I know yeah. for a fact, and I know if you're watching this on YouTube, I, this is no lie on how thick my book was on my medicals. 
So when really? you when you roll in and you go, here are my medicals. They're they're literally opening a file. It's got to be two three inches thick, depending on how long you've played in the game. It'll have every cortisone injection. It'll have every visit you've had with the team doctor. It'll have every time you had a flu pill or you know a, a Z pack given to you. So they wow. go through those those medicals and they evaluate it and they say, we are willing to take this risk and take this contract and we will sign you something. We don't know what, and I'm curious if we ever will know, but yeah. something came out in that contract with, or came out in that medical uh, file with Carlos Correa, with the Giants, where they said, yeah, we're not going to pay you the 13 years. We're going to back off a little bit and renegotiate this. And Carlos said, you know what? I got a better deal over here. I'm going to go. But that's basically how it goes down. I'm just curious on your thoughts because Carl, there, there's a little bit of ego involved in this with Carlos and, and, uh, the fact that he took a little bit less pay per year to go to New York <clears throat> and get paid less than Francisco Lindor and yep. move to third base, I am yep. fascinated on this entire process because I know that Carlos liked the idea of being paid a little bit more than Francisco Lindor, yeah. and he liked the idea of being the shortstop. There is, there is a great deal that we are – we, we're probably not privy to and maybe never will be, but I am damn right. curious about it. I know that the that end of it, that sort of ego end of it, you know, I, I kind of wonder if maybe there's, I mean, look, let's be honest, this, this happens sometimes in sports. You know, it does mm -hmm. occasionally happen where you get a guy who's medicals. The one that I think of most related to Houston in general was when the Rockets almost made... Uh, a, a trade during the championship run. They almost traded Robert Ory and Matt Bullard to Detroit um, <clears throat> in exchange. I can't think of the guy's name. It's going to kill me. But they found out he had some sort of an issue. Um, they voided the trade. And, of course, they ended up winning a their first championship that year. And Robert Ory was a big part of it. So was Matt Bullard. Big shot, Bob. Big shot, Bob. But but part of the reason, Sean Elliott, that was the player they were trying to trade oh, for. Oh, wow, yeah. And, and Elliott had a problem. And later on, he ended up having a pretty serious kidney issue. And You're right. You know, and so I kind of wonder, like, Carlos, you know, he's had some issues in the past. Like, he's had some back issues. Back issues are notoriously uh, haunting when it comes to long-term health. Obviously had that weird broken rib massage therapist incident, which I have, listen, man, I've had a lot of massage therapists in my life because I actually had a really bad back problem in my twenties. I studied massage therapy weirdly for, um, for a couple of years <laughs> because I was trying to rehab myself. I can't imagine somebody cracking your rib, but that's just me. Anyway, um, I got to figure there's something going on there that was enough for him to say, okay, and especially for Boris to go to him and say, listen, uh, you, this is an issue. You know it's an issue. We all know it's going to come up no matter who you go to. This guy, Steve Cohen over here, is a crazy rich bastard. So he's willing to pony up, but you're going to have to play third. You know, which mm -hmm. honestly, I think a lot of us thought that was his ideal position. It was a little weird that Bregman played third and and Correa played short for all those years when it seemed like they probably needed a flip flop. But he was insistent, and of course, Bregman's great at third base, so who cares? But <laughs> it's a weird, it's a very strange thing that all of a sudden, out of the blue, he'd be like, "Sure, I'll play third base, and sure, I'll take less than Francisco Lindor." when we know that those were two of his priorities previously. 
I think that actually, it, it's actually a very good perspective on maybe what, maybe what did happen because, you know, the back is a problem and, you know, I don't have specific information. I just know from, from playing and Carlos is a legitimate six foot four shortstop. Granted, yeah. there's been guys out there like Alex Rodriguez. I mean, he might be the best comp or the best example yep. of a guy similar to Carlos and his trajectory and his ability. And he was a guy that moved off of shortstop to third base and actually elongated his career. And I think a lot of people within the institution of baseball look at taller shortstops and realize they can be very good, very athletic, but for how long? And if you already have a back issue that has been well-documented like it has been with the Houston Astros, you start to look at it and go, okay, what is he doing on a regular basis? He's six foot four. He's bending over every single play to pick up a ground ball. How is that degenerative? Is that long term? Is he going to be able to keep that at bay? Uh, you know, we know that Carlos works extremely hard off the field to stay on yeah. the field. Was that something that kind of jumped out and said, ah, you know, I don't know if I want to be able to pay for that. But the fact that you brought up, you know, he did move off of shortstop to third base, which will protect him and maybe, you know, elongate his career a little bit as far as staying on the field and staying healthy. Maybe that was something in the agreement with Steve Cohen where Boris said, hey, you know what? You're going to have to take a little, a little bit of humble pie, move over to third base mm. and uh, protect yourself and your income by moving off of shortstop and playing maybe a less active position on the, on the corner. I don't know. And and you got to, I mean, you know, when you think about stuff like this too, I mean, look, let's be honest, Carlos Correa is a guy who, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's an ego-driven guy like most of these guys are, but you get the sense from Carlos that he is a guy that really does feel like I've got to be uh, compensated a certain way. I've got to have a certain number of years. You know, he is obviously a guy who feels that. I got to tell you right now, though, Blummer, um, if I'm the Mets, you better pray to God that that's all that the switching positions will elongate his career because they still gave him 12 years. I know. I mean, they still gave him 13. Well, one year difference. So instead of 42, <laughs> when he ends his, his contract, he'll only be 41. And God yeah. knows, none of us have back problems in, in our 40s. <laughs> oh, you know, dear God. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, so, but this is Steve Cohen, right? Like, this is the other thing, and we've got to talk about this. Ken Rosenthal wrote a story last week. I was going to bring it up on the last podcast. We didn't get to it. But he wrote a story about how he wished every owner was like Steve Cohen, right? Yeah. And yeah. spend all this money, and I get it, and I totally get it. But one of the things that it didn't really address, and I was a little surprised that it didn't, was the fact that, number one, there are not owners who are multi—you know who are multi-billionaires First of all, that's just not, that doesn't exist. But second of all, it's completely unrealistic when you consider all of the different markets, right? Yes. You don't, these, you know, Kansas City is not going to get a TV deal like they do. Milwaukee isn't. They're just, I mean, Sacramento and like, just there's all of these, you know, anywhere in California might do okay, right? But even there have casual fans for the most part. You know, you go down to San Diego. They're not going to have that much money. Seattle's not going to have that much money. Minnesota and, you know, I mean, all of these Milwaukee. places. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why did I say Sacramento? I'm thinking of the Kings. Um, but, you know, when you look at all of these different locations, 
most of these places just don't have that kind of money, right? They're never going to have that kind of money. And billionaires don't become billionaires by losing money. That's not how it works. And so if these guys are going to own sports franchises, they're going to want to lease break even or come close. It's not just throwing money away for fun. It's not like they just bought a pool table for the garage, you know, or something. <laughs> I mean, these guys, this is like, this is not, you know, for fun. They're still going to want to make money. Is this bad? This feels like it's bad for baseball. Well, I think in the long run, it could be. I mean, eventually you're going to have, like you said, there's going to be owners in other markets. And there, we already saw this in <laughs> I, well, I, the, the, the casual fan probably didn't recognize it, but the true baseball fan who watches these lockouts and understands some of the conversations that are being had during CBAs, there is a reason there's half of the teams that want to have a cap. This is why. <laughs> because right. you have these guys just sprinting past it uh, in L.A., New York, Boston occasionally when they feel like spending the money. But Steve Cohen has just blown the doors off this and set this market ridiculously high for these guys and just said, screw it. I'm going to go out there and buy everybody you can't. And I do think that that's going to create a little bit of a fissure that's already been created. It's going to make that fissure a little bit bigger between some of those haves and have-nots in Major League Baseball as far as owners are concerned because – once you get to the point where you're like, man, we're we're starting to compete. We're gonna, we, you know, we got a chance. We make a couple of key moves and develop guys, and that's the idea in a lot of other organizations: is draft, develop, sign a couple of key free agents. Now we've got the you know the evil empire. Now is the New York Mets, mm -hmm. who's just going. I'm going to go out and buy this all star. I'm going to buy this guy, and we're just going to go out there and try and just pound you into submission by signing these massive contracts. I think it's sexy right now because it says the base that baseball is in a good position because financially the money's coming in. You're being able to sign these guys. The TV contracts outside of uh, you know. Uh, Inside LA, New York, and some of these other places is very good, but other places it's not as lucrative, and you're starting to see why some of these teams are able to spend. But in the long run, it worries me a little bit because now if you look at the New York Mets, you're looking at center field, shortstop, third base, and they will not draft a they will not draft a specific shortstop or third baseman for the next 10 years most likely because they're not going to be able to develop them and put them in the big leagues those guys are going to be trade bait now yep that's exactly right and it's it, to me it's frustrating at, you know not at, look the astros are not the little sisters of the poor i mean they have you know uh jim crane has enough money and they can spend and it Obviously, this does not guarantee them any kind of championships no. or anything. We've seen the amount of money the Yankees spent and didn't win. Uh, we've For seen years. the um, yeah, exactly, and we and we've seen it all over the place. But there is a different level of sort of calculus to what he's doing. You know, when they have to set a tax threshold with his name on it. And he actually, when they did that, he laughed. He thought it was a compliment. I read something about that I recently. Did. Yep. I mean, that's something right there. That's basically like. Is I do like the ego aspect of it. I do like. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, bring it. Let's go. Oh yeah, the no, it's paying. We're gonna go. I love. Oh, that it part. makes for great story content. Let's be <laughs> honest. Us, I mean, it's, great. it's yeah. great to talk about. Absolutely, but I do think you know. You look at it. What's to stop him from spending? From putting, uh, you know, half a billion dollars or more into his payroll? 
He's well, already. I think they said it was like what? What is it? How much is it going to be this year? I didn't see the latest number, but it's I don't know. massive. It's got to be up over three hundred and fifty million. It feels like, <laughs> yeah, man, which is crazy. The only good thing about this whole CBA is that the Milwaukee's, Kansas City's, and some of these guys are just going, okay, uh, yeah, you spell my name like this on the on the check that you're going to send to me. <laughs> yeah, that's he's writing right. Some big checks to other organizations. No, there's no doubt about it. They're gonna he, they're gonna get money, but it's just so it's like. I saw that he is. There was some number that was just floored me about how the amount of money that he will pay in, you know, competitive. Uh, what do they call that? The I always call luxury tax. CBT. But the CBT, right? Competitive balance tax. The amount of money that he will pay in that is more than like five or six teams will spend in payroll. Period. Ridiculous! Right? Amazing! So, yeah. And those teams, they're, they're, those teams have zero chance. You know, just rewatched the the clip uh, the other day from Moneyball, where uh, Brad Pitt is talking to the the guys, the the scouts who are trying to replace Jason Giambi, and uh, and uh, he's telling him he's like, if we, you know, the line he says, if we uh, try to beat the Yankees in here, we're going to lose to them out on the field, kind of thing. You know, that they can't beat them with money. That is the situation. Probably yeah. for half the teams in Major League Baseball now, except instead of the Yankees, they're going to be talking about the Mets. Well, I mean, if you talked about is this good for the game of baseball? And, if, and once you get past the numbers and realize, you know, that, uh, you know, for 10, 12 years, you're going to have so much money locked up in some of these guys. Mm-hmm. How about just on the periphery when you start to, you know, zoom out a little bit and you start to look across the league, all of a sudden, where's the attention going? You're, you're going to have these mega teams or these super teams like we see in the NBA where they just yeah. explode, sign these guys. And guess where all the national focus is going to go? Right. It, I know that baseball is a regional sport sports uh, uh, franchise as far as baseball is concerned, where it's yeah. very regional, it's very specific. You do occasionally look outside, but at the same time, if you if you pull back and look nationally, you are going to look at the Dodgers, you're going to look at the Astros. You're, you, I mean, who in the Midwest are you going to look at? I mean, the Cubs are doing some good things. The White Sox are, should be better than they are. But you glance past the Minnesota Twins, the Guardians, and you get out to the East Coast, and all of a sudden you've got the Mets, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Atlanta Bra- I mean, there are, there are specific teams. There's about seven or eight teams that you're looking at, and yeah. there are 22 other teams that are going, hey, remember us <laughs> over here? We're going to compete, but you really don't know how it's going to play out. You just hope that. They're able to maintain, stay healthy, and compete against these teams. But the attention is definitely not on about 20 to 22 other teams across baseball. And that's where it kind of hurts baseball a little bit is because all of these superstars go to these specific teams. Yeah. And then you're, you're leaving some of these middle-of-the-road teams to focus on, hey, we drafted great. Hey, we developed okay. But we don't have the money to go out and buy these megastars to put butts in seats. Yeah, I think you're a hundred percent right, Plumber. It's it's that's the thing that scares me about it is that um, it's you know baseball is is an out of sight, out of mind type of sport because, like you said, yeah. it is a regional sport. Nobody can watch you know every uh, team's 162 games. You just can't. Um, although I would argue this is the the whole reason why Major League Baseball needs streaming. Um, more than ever because they can carry blackouts for God's sakes. Are you (coughs) kidding me? Sorry. Eliminate blackouts. 
mm. move to streaming, allow a stream, allow uh, somebody like Amazon or or you know Apple TV or somebody to stream these things. So if you want to have a subscription to those, you can watch a bunch of baseball games uh, without having to pay for the league pass or whatever the hell it is. Um, but to me, yeah, that's the thing when you're talking about these team these sort of super teams and you're right you mentioned the nba the big difference there is the nba is a salary cap so at some point the mega teams disintegrate yep. because you just can't afford them anymore and in baseball there's no reason to think that uh that um steve Cohen can't just keep spending you know i mean he has unlimited resources basically there's no yeah. reason to think he can't just go out there and every year go yeah let's just start, sign the best pitcher and the best guy and this best guy and this best guy and if we got these guys we'll just cut them who cares we i've already who cares if i have to pay him and and that is yeah. it that makes it it almost forces the owner's hands at some point where you're like okay well if we've got this one guy in the nba it was mark cuban for a while right or he was the <laughs> yeah. the thorn in the side of the nba although most of the time a good thorn in the side because he created a lot yeah. of changes but this guy he could be a real pain for a lot of uh for a lot of mm -hmm. team owners um i don't know going forward yeah, well, I mean, Jim Crane appreciates it because Jim's just been a thorn in the MLB side, you know, for the, <laughs> the owner of the Houston Astros just because he's been winning. And I right. think it actually shines a, a beautiful light on the Astros realizing and looking at this market and going, wow, this is insane. We're going to sit right here and kind of chill out and just watch the show from the outside and realize that we are still the World Series favorites, even with the money that is flying around this place, most notably up into that New York, uh, uh, Queens area of New York. Exactly. Well, they just, I saw somebody post online uh, that the, even after the signing of Carlos Correa, the F war for uh, their lineup is 30. The F war for the yep. Astros is twenty eight point seven. It's not like it's that much difference. Um, and and speaking of which, we got to get to the Astros because this is this is Astro. Oh, believe it, this Astros plays right into all. our podcast, man. It does it just nice sneaks its way in? Uncle Mike is back, and I think yes. every, I'm love the it. same way as you. I love Uncle Mike. You know, Michael Brantley. I I I, I just the steadying influence that he has. Ooh. Obviously, we, there's worry about the shoulder, but as someone pointed, as Charlie Pilillo, a uh, sports commentator here in Houston, pointed out, it was not his throwing shoulder. So yes. that is a good thing because obviously it affects his swing, but it doesn't affect his ability to throw the ball, which means he can play some left field, although I'm sure he'll be limited to some degree in that role. But Uncle Mike is back a one-year deal, $12 million. Um it does shore up that left-handed bat that they wanted. Uh, it does add a piece in the outfield. Um, I know you're excited about it, Blummer. Tell me your thoughts. No, 100%. We, I mean, we talked about it. I, it might have been that last podcast. Yeah. Watching Brandon Nimmo get a ridiculous amount of money. Ben right. Intendi got $15 million a year with the Chicago White Sox. <laughs> And I think considering where the Astros are at, this is a brilliant sign. And yes, I agree that the shoulder is going to be a little bit of an issue, but a one-year $12 million ga gamble on a guy like Michael Brantley, I'm okay right. with it because he has hit 300 every single year he's been an Astro. The dude's work ethic is is ridiculously and unmatched in, in a lot of clubhouses. He is such a positive influence both on the field and off the field that I think that that's why this is a safe bet. 
we we've we've heard so much, we've talked so much, we've seen so much from Michael Brantley, and I don't think enough gets talked about on his influence in that dugout. And uh, some of the stories came out during the World Series Game Three. The Astros get beat up pretty bad in that first game in Philadelphia, yeah. and he's in that clubhouse, and he gets a vibe like, "What is going on? Why are we so down? We are we're still in this thing, and we we are a better team." And it right. took Uncle Mike taking these guys as a group and saying, "We are better. We can win this World Series," and they went out and did it. So there's a lot of credibility there. There's a, there's a comfort. There's a trust that I think you can't put a number to. And having him in that clubhouse is actually going to make this team better. And anything he does on the field is going to make them that much better. But think about plugging an Uncle Mike into this lineup. You put him back in that two spot. You can move Jeremy Pena down a little bit, put him in a more productive position. I, I mean, the sky's the limit. And Dusty Baker's just got to be rubbing his hands together. You know, with I would imagine that he's got some of that Dusty Baker wine sitting on a, on, on a you know on a table <laughs> next to him, and he's got a whiteboard right. and some dry erase markers going. This could be the lineup. This could be the lineup. And just realizing how <clears throat> right. many parts he has to move in there. But if Michael Brantley. He's going to work hard to make sure that shoulder's right when he comes back. And I think when he does come back, that's going to be – at the end of the year, we're going to go, that was a brilliant sign. And I think it was a prudent sign, too, as far as finances are concerned. Well, and also, who cares if he hits a bunch of home runs, right? I mean, that's yeah. that doesn't need to be his role. Oh, and no, if the, no. And if the, no. if the sacrifice is power, then it's fine. You know, if he's just if if he is just effectively hitting singles, especially like you said, if they put him back in that two spot, he, you know, he becomes a table setter for guys behind him. Oh, and, and he moves guys. He hits behind guys. He realizes counts. He he does. He's not afraid to hit with two strikes. I mean, there's so many yeah. so many benefits of his swing and his mentality in that lineup that only you know it only just rolls over into guys around him. And think about this again. The shift. He he was a yeah. natural shift beater on his own. He would he would recognize where they're playing him, and then he'd hit the ball where they weren't. Now you're limiting that shift and opening up more space for Michael Brantley. Awesome. I love it. Yeah, agreed. And it, it does bring up something interesting in the outfield. You know, he obviously is going to play a little left field. We're probably going to yep. see Jordan in left field some. Although I would imagine they're going to you know switch them off uh, in terms of uh, DH versus outfielder. Here's a question, though, that we've gotten a couple of times, and a couple of people have asked me this, and I really want to get your opinion on it, and that is, why don't we see Kyle Tucker in center field? Like, you know, what what is it about him as a person, as a player, whatever it is, that keeps him from being – because our biggest weakness is center field. If you said, mm-hmm. hey, we could just move um, – we could move one of our guys to right field, we could, we've shored up our left – Kyle Tucker's obviously their best defensive outfielder as well as a great hitter. What is the the holdup or the you know what is keeping that from happening? What is the what is the deal there? That's a good question. I I don't know how much better Kyle Tucker would be in center field than he is in right field. Mm-hmm. You know, that that might be the question or how much better is he than Chaz Chaz McCormick or a Jake Myers out there in center field? Um I think that uh you can put him out there in moments I, you know, over the long term, I don't know if they have data analytics to say that's just too mm-hmm. much. Ta- it's too taxing on the body. We need to protect him at yeah. uh, right field and just have him casually jog out there, play a Gold Glove right field, and continue to hit. I don't know if it would put too much pressure on him out there in center field. Um, I think one thing we need to remember too is that the shifting is only on the you know the ban of the shift is only on the infield. Right. 
You're still going to be able to move your outfielders all over the place wherever you want them to be to try and protect their range and put them in better positions to make more plays more often. Uh, that's something that could could make uh, Chaz McCormick a better center fielder. It definitely would make uh, Kyle Tucker a better center fielder. But uh, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I don't have a definitive answer other than the fact that he's just a very good right fielder. Maybe protect yeah. the the roaming a bigger area out there in center field. You know, does that uh, tax the body a little bit more, and maybe that hinders him? But I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I don't have a, a definitive answer. Yeah, it's a weird one because people keep asking that question and saying, you know, like, why don't they just if ever if the Astros are in such desperate need of a center fielder. Why not just the only thing I can think of is who do that you put in right field? I mean, Chaz is a good corner outfielder, but then you have to put who do you put in right field? That's the thing. <laughs> I yeah, I think maybe you end up putting Chaz there, but I think one of the things that the only thing I could think of is that in right field, especially in in Minute Maid, it's pretty deep. And one of the things you do want in right field, particularly for a guy who's hitting, you know, if you're if a guy hits a a ball down the line. Kyle Tucker has a gun for an arm, and so he can fire it all the way to third uh, from deep right field, and it helps protect against extra base hits in certain One of the more underrated arms, yes. Yeah, and so I kind of wonder if maybe because of the, the configuration of the outfield, if having him in right um, where the ball ends up with, with lefties at the plate, if that doesn't make a difference because his arm strength is so good. I don't know either, but it's it is interesting that there's all this talk about center field when you know you have a guy. I think it's kind of much ado about nothing as long as your defensive outfielder um, in center is good. And we've obviously seen that McCormick is is a very good defensive uh, center fielder. Um, He was great against lefties last year. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe if they can protect him a little bit and play him a little bit more against lefties, he can be a little bit better at the plates. Um, but yeah, I just wondered a number of people had asked the question and it's, it's come up for me as well. So I just didn't know what the situation was. All I know though, is uncle Mike is back. Um, and it really does make a difference, uh, in this lineup. I mean, I think there's no argument there. Nobody can say anything about it. It's going to make a big difference in this lineup. No, he's just another bat that you've got to go through. And now you go one through seven, one through eight. And I, I, I talk about, I've been talking about this. Good grief. I mean, yeah. if you've listened to our broadcast over the years, you probably, you're like, gosh, he's talking about it again. But there's these <laughs> pregame meetings or pre-series meetings that you go into as an opposing team. And if you're the hitters, you go through the rotation on the guys you're going to face that series. You yeah. talk about the bullpen and the matchups that you might find yourself in. And on the opposing side, there's going to be a rotation that sits down and goes, Every day, you know, if, um, you know, Jake, Jacob deGrom is going to sit there when he comes into Minute Maid for the first time and he's going to sit there and go, okay, what are we working with? You know, Jonah Heim, break it out. Let's see the lineup. And you're going, dear God, Altuve, Brantley, Bregman, Pena, Alvarez, who's Jose Abreu signed with him in the offseason? What the hell is going on? And then, you know, what do you do? All of a sudden, you're seven or eight guys deep into this lineup and you say, okay, I've got a battle for eight to nine guys. Every time through the lineup, oh, it's going to be a battle, and I think that's what's great. It's, I mean, it's it's obviously a, a mental battle during the game, mm-hmm. but it's also a psychological war before you even take the mound when you're facing these guys. There's no doubt, and we, honestly, we don't know what's going to happen with any call ups. We don't know if Pedro Leon is going to come in here and just start <laughs> raking away. You know, if yeah, if, he's you had know, himself one of these, a pretty good winner. 
Yeah, same thing with Corey Lee. I mean, the Astros do not have, you know, they there's still some talk about them bringing in a, a, a backup catcher. The Tucker Barnhart has been discussed, I guess, and um, okay. there's some other ones. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, we don't know who they're going to sort of pull out of the rabbit's hat this year and be like, yeah. by the way, here's our new Rookie of the Year candidate, you know, this year or whatever. <laughs> Um, we never mind Hunter Brown, who uh, oh, you know, yeah. it's just again, like, and yeah, you talk about how they have to talk about who they're going to have to face the pitchers. Think about the hitters; they're going to be like, That's who, what we I'm got? "Who we got? Yeah, let's see, uh, Christian Javier. Oh, right. How do we see the ball when Christian Javier? Is there a possible way that we could see it because it's invisible? Apparently, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, <laughs> say you don't have to face a Framber Valdez or a Lance McCullers Jr., and you're like, okay, we're getting into the middle part of the rotation, and you got. Good Lord, Javier Urquidy Garcia. Maybe we get to Hunter Brown in a four-game series. I mean, could you? If you're unlucky, yeah. Could you imagine finishing off a four-game series with a young right-hander that throws a hundred miles an hour? Okay, Mm-mm. ninety-four mile an hour slider. Go get him. I know, dude. It's uh, it's it's kind of amazing that the Astros can sort of stand pat. And you know, we think about the hot stove sort of cooling off, other than last night. Um, <laughs> When it turned into a pizza oven for a couple of hours, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but I do think that you're right. I think the Astros are good. You know, they're kind of they're kind of comfortable where they are. I don't think they need to make a bunch of moves. I know fans always love to, you know, they want to see more because it's exciting and you know it makes everybody feel good. But you know, if it ain't broke, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they didn't have to make too many adjustments. They're 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 still the favorites. You know, it's funny, too. We talk about it's like, you know, all they did this year was bring in Jose Abreu. I mean, like, that's a kind of a funny, you know, to think about that, you know, and just like, oh, I remember there was a year, uh, a few years ago when I was I was covering the Rockets and um, <clears throat> they were trying, it was, they, they had signed Chris Paul and they were also trying to get Carmelo Anthony. This was when he was still, you know, pretty kind of in his prime. And they weren't able to get him, and everybody was like so disappointed. I'm like, oh yeah, all we got was Chris Paul. What a terrible! <laughs> that's I mean, all we got this year is Jose Abreu. Like, oh yeah. no, not that. Well, um, if he signed, if he signed anywhere else, it would be a major announcement for the Astros. Yeah. Just pushing another piece of granite into the foundation. <laughs> exactly. Just add another, uh, add another name to the uh, to the ring of superstars. I mean, good grief. Uh, it's fantastic. Blummer, I know you're going to enjoy a white Christmas. Some of us down here will enjoy a cold one, if not necessarily a white one. Um, any final thoughts? Are you ready for the holidays? Have you watched every holiday film yet? Uh, we, we've gotten through We've gotten through Christmas Vacation, which is mandatory. Uh, you know, the Christmas story is always playing in the background somewhere. And we saw yes. Elf the other day. And I am a father of four girls. We have everybody home from colleges and in one place at one time. So I've, I, I actually watched uh, Don't tell something me from them. Tiffany's, oh, I think it was called. I saw that one. My wife and I, yeah. like, my wife's like, let's watch the one with Lindsay Lohan. I'm like, do we? Come on, man. Yeah, like, there, we have there to was watch a, a- yeah. So I mean, we've we've watched that. Uh, it's been good. Yeah, I'm more I'm more than prepared. But yeah, to be able to spend a white Christmas up here is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So. I will give you uh, one I appreciate that. I'll give you one hint on one that was actually really good this year. It's a new one. It's called Your Christmas or Mine. It's a British one. Uh, okay. there's a kid the 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 main actor kid in it was in the a great show that's on uh, Netflix called Sex Education that stars Gillian Anderson. 
he pl- basically this guy and his girlfriend are supposed to spend their first Christmas together, but they both have to go home to their parents. And at the last second, they decide to go to each other's homes. And so they end up at the end. It's, it's really, it's actually a very sweet, charming, funny, like, I didn't know if it was going to be any good or not. It was, mm-hmm. if, if you, if you're, and I, your daughters would probably like it cause it's very sweet and it's very romantic, but it's also really funny and really charming as so many British shows are. Um, mm-hmm. Tonight is my annual viewing of Elf. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> that a boy. Be, that one in Christmas Vacation, you're right. And then, of course, Christmas Story, you just turn the TV on on Christmas. Just tune yeah. it into uh, TBS or TNT or whichever one shows it 24 hours, and you're good to go. Everything yeah, else just, is gravy. Yeah. And, and guilty pleasure, love actually. I mean, it, that one always seems to find its way on, and I always seem to find myself... Just just tuned in, just continuing to watch it. It's unbelievable how that <laughs> just grabs you, man. They've done the, a great job with that one. The guilty pleasure for me is The Holiday. Um, yeah, my and wife ma- loves that movie, too. And I've seen that one multiple times. It's probably because Jack Black is in it, and I cannot resist him um, yep. in virtually anything that he is in. I don't care how cheesy or whatever it is. Like, if he's in it, I'm probably going to be... Yeah, man. Between If only Tenacious D would have made an appearance in The Holiday. <sighs> Everything would have been good. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Plumber, and thanks to everybody. Next week, we'll be back with a fresh podcast to look at the year that was in 2022. We're getting ready to wrap it up, so we'll have a discussion about what happened and and what was good and what was not so good, although for the Astros, it was all good. Um, Great year for the Astros, all brought to you by BetOnline. Again, a huge thanks to all the listeners and viewers all across the world. You guys have been fantastic, liking, subscribing, leaving comments. So thankful for that. Wishing you all a incredible happy holidays this year, wherever you're celebrating, whatever you're doing. Um, just a hundred days until opening day, Blummer. A hundred days. Let's, Let's go. go. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys soon. Go Astros. You did it. Congratulations. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.